0: Start by making you do a survey. It's a really quick survey. The just will, will pass it out. Uh, if you have a pen, you can take it out. Alright, so this is, this is our series. Okay, today uh, we're talking about who's your daddy. Next week we're going to talk about before you date. Okay, dating. Anybody knows what Love Wins is about? About gay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about same-sex relationships. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about family matters, alright? So, um, this idea of relationships is, uh, is, is a huge topic. Okay, I'll just give you some time to... It's a really quick survey. Don't think too much about it, okay? Just, like, just quickly fill it in and then pass it back to the ushers. Thank you, ushers. Do not spy on the rough paper that I printed it on all right I'm just doing my part for the environment okay okay no need to think too much all right don't overthink it just uh Fill it in, and then pass it back to the side, and the ushers will collect it, okay? Thank you, ushers. There's no need to write your name unless you want to. Alright, if you're done, you can look at the screen at the beautiful logo that Edlin designed. It's like relationships. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite cool, right? It's like an anchor and a cross and the blue squiggly... No, it's just the water. Okay, so um, in this series, we're gonna focus on four areas. Okay, but these are also obviously four uh, big topics, right? Um, and 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 I really hope that the series uh, addresses some real issues, things that are relevant, practical in your in your life. But at the same time, these are not topics that we can just like cover and discuss everything in one sermon. Okay, so what what I really hope to do is just to introduce some Biblical principles, perspectives on these topics, um, and hopefully give you some handles to continue discussing stuff with your CG or your your family or your friends, and and of course, keep seeking God about it. Okay? So, are you ready? If you're ready, say yes. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start by asking you... um, who used to believe in Santa Claus when you were a kid? Oh, oh wow. Okay. Um, how about like the two fairy? Yeah, okay. Um, but but now at this point you, you realize that they don't exist, right? Sorry, Joanna. Sorry to but <laughs> your bubble. Um, yeah, so so they, they don't exist, right? Okay. Um, but you know when when we believed in them, we 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 did some we did some who, like who used to, leave. I mean, when you believed in Santa Claus, what do you used to do? Like, did you used to write letters to the North Pole or something? Or like, what leave milk and cookies under whatever? Like that that's like that's quite Western Okay, but um, or 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 I think how about like tooth fairy? Okay, so how many of you left your tooth under your pillow? Okay, yeah, so. So, so now, now that you know that the tooth fairy is not real, don't you think that that was really gross? I mean, like your tooth, right? I mean, have you seen a tooth that comes out? It's like, it's gross. It's like the root and like, it's gross. It's bloody and it just, it's just like, it, it's gross, right? And, 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 and just think about the idea. It's, like, it's actually quite ridiculous, right? Who would give money for your disgusting tooth? Yeah, why, why would this fairy go around collecting teeth? Yeah, got a bunch of teeth, right? And I'm going to pay people for it, right? Um, I mean, why, why, would, why would anybody do that? And, and so, my point is, when you believe in a lie, right? When you believe in a lie, um, it makes you do stupid things, right? When, when you believe in a lie, it makes you do stupid things. And, and, you know, as we look at these few topics the next few weeks, I, I want you to know that believing in a lie or lies is a dangerous thing. And it makes you do stupid things when you believe in a lie. And Satan is the father of lies. Okay, Satan is the father of lies. Look at this verse. John 8, 44. This is Jesus talking about the devil. Okay, so Jesus says that he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's like his native language is to lie, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so this is the devil. This is the father of lies. And in this series, we want to look at God's truth versus Satan's lies, okay? And we need to look at the truth because God's truth will uncover Satan's lies, right? So, where can we find God's truth? Very good, very good, okay? So as we look at the various topics in this series, our our authority, our reference point, our, our guiding standards and guiding light has to be the Bible. It has to be the Word of God. And as followers of Christ, we need to follow what He says. We need to follow the standards set out by Him. We need to believe in this. 100%. 100%. We need to believe and obey this 100%. The Bible has to be our definitive authority. And so therefore, our idea and our perspectives and our beliefs about relationships or sex or dating or, or, or whatever, everything must come from the Bible. It cannot be shaped by media, it cannot come from, your authority cannot be like from something you read on Facebook. It cannot be based on what Hollywood shows you. It cannot be based on a Taylor Swift song or a One Direction song, even though those are great. It cannot be based on like stuff you see on Twitter or whatever. It has, it has to be based on this. Okay, so I'm going to make you do this. I want everybody to stand up and hold out your Bibles. Okay, those of you who have Bibles with actual pages are obviously the more holy ones. I'm just kidding. No, actually, I'm only half kidding. And, okay, so hold out your Bibles. Okay, hold out your Bibles, whether they are with pages or blinking. And, and, and hold it out. Wave it in the air like you just don't care, <laughs> okay? And, 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 and we're going to pray, okay? Don't be ashamed of your Bible. <laughs> okay, we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reveal the truth of your word to us today. The Father, you reveal your truth to us. And God, we acknowledge that you are the truth and the way, and the life. And we declare that, God, your word is living and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. And it cuts through all doubts and confusion and lies. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reign in this place today and in our hearts today. Help us to discern your spiritual truths so that we will know you more and love you more and glorify you more in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, take a seat and let's get started. Who's your daddy? Turn to your neighbor and say, "Who's your daddy?" Yeah, you must say it in like that. Who's your daddy? Not like, "Hey, who's your?" Okay, okay. So, have have you ever heard kids uh, fighting and arguing and or, or whatever? And then and then halfway through, someone says, "Do you know who my father is?" Have, have you heard that? Uh, like, Oh, my father." Oh, yeah. Maybe some of you have said it. Um, my father is a doctor, okay? Or like, uh, maybe a doctor, or something. Like, my father is like, policeman, uh, i come and catch you. Uh, or like, no, I think the best is like, my father is the principal, okay? Right? You're going to go see, you know, that, that, that kind of thing, right? And, and you know, kids do that because they, they are trying to assert some sort of authority based on uh, who's got their back, right? In Chinese, I believe we call it a san, right? The mountain that you lean on. And um, the, the, the higher in status of the person who has got your back, uh, the better. Because that gives you confidence and power and dominance, right? And status and identity. Because who you are is very much defined by whose you are. And who you belong to is central to your identity. Like if you're this guy, okay? If you're this guy... People will take you seriously if he says, "Do you know who my father is?" Right? You, you know, do you know who? Him? This guy is Prince George. Hello. Hi. Like his gr- great grandmother is the Queen of England. Jerry, better get acquainted with him. And and or okay or or this girl. Anybody know who who this girl is? My my friend. I wish. <clears throat> so this girl, I read that she has a fifteen thousand dollars Swarovski crystal high chair. Right? Uh, your mind costs like $20 from Ikea. Um, and she, she also has a $5,000 pink Swarovski crystal bathtub. Okay? Um, and, and a whole lot of like, other ridiculously expensive stuff. Do you know why? Do you know who her father is? Who's her daddy? Jay-Z! It's not Obama, bros. That's just racist, man. Obama's daughters are much older, okay? And um, who your father is can determine a lot, right? It can determine your status, your inheritance, your life. Okay, so I want to show you something. One of the most famous pop culture clips is, is from this movie called Star Wars. If you have never heard of Star Wars, who has never heard of Star Wars? Seriously, seriously, keep up, okay? The seventh movie is coming out this December. No, no, they're like, they're like eight movies. It's just never ending. Okay, um, we're gonna sh- I'm going to show you a clip, okay? No
1: one ever told you what happened to your father.
0: So this is new. He told me it now. The black guy's is Darth Vader. He told me you, you.
1: No, I
0: am the father. Say what? <laughs> okay, so, um, this is this is like a super famous scene. From Star Wars, right? So basically, Luke Skywalker, the guy who's like holding on to the the, the thing, he's the good guy, right? He's fighting on the good side. And Darth Vader, the guy in black who's like, you know, dressed for the haze and more, um, he's like the super evil villain guy from the dark side. And so when Luke Finds out that Darth Vader is actually his father. He's like, say what? And he's like, no! And in the, in the movie, he says, no! And then he decides to jump. You know, like that kind of, okay. So, um, who your father is, is a big deal. right? Who, who his father is was a big deal. Because who you belong to is central to your identity. Okay? And you will know who you are when you know whose you are. And so the question for us today is, who is your daddy? And I don't know what kind of earthly father you have. Maybe some of us have very, really good fathers, good, loving, dependable fathers. But maybe for some of us, our fathers have not been so great. And the thing is, earthly fathers will always be imperfect. right? No matter how good they are, they, they will be imperfect in, in, in some way. But today I want to talk about our Heavenly Father who is perfect in every way. Last week, if you were at second service, uh, Elder Edwin told us that there are roughly 930 titles, descriptions, and names of God, and and he said that God most wants us to relate to Him as a friend. And today, I want to uh, respectfully defer <laughs> because I feel that um, the way that God wants us to relate to Him most uh, might actually be as a father, okay, as as Abba Father, as as our is our papa, you know, it's our daddy. Because as a parent, right, I mean, I want to be my child's, uh, my children's friend as well. I want to talk to them about rubbish and all that. Um, I want to be their teacher or their counselor. I don't really want to be their, you know, night nurse, but uh, sometimes can't be helped. But yeah, I want to be many things to them, right? But above all, I still want them to know me as mommy, right? Don't call me Joe, man. I mean, my kid, right? I want them to call me mommy. I want them to know me as mommy. And and in Galatians four, just now Heidi talked about Galatians in 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 another chapter in Galatians four, um, it says because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. And you know, Abba is not just the name of the group that sang Mamma Mia or Dancing Queen, right? Abba is an is a, is a really affectionate term that expresses an especially close personal relationship. It's, it's a term that is like daddy, or, or papa, or, or pops, or whatever. You know? I don't know what you call your father. I call mine pa. Okay? The, uh, my husband and their brothers, they call their father fat old man. <laughs> which they say is a term of endearment, but you know, I don't understand, guys. If my daughters ever call me fat old woman, they're dead. Okay, um, God is our Abba Father. He's not just like our. Have you ever watched uh, Chinese shows like when they call them dear, you know, right? He's not like some like distant, uh, high up there person. You know, he's he's our Daddy God, right? He's our Pa or he's our 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 our, our Daddy, right? Our Abba Father, and 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 I wonder, do we really know who Your daddy is? Do you really know who your daddy is? Do you know that he is the king of kings? Do you know that he is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the ancient of days, creator of the universe? Unchanging, undefeated, powerful, majestic, strong, victorious over death. He He brings freedom and life and grace and truth and peace and hope and joy. He is the light of the world, piercing through the darkness. He is beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, words too wonderful for comprehension. He is the King of Kings, um, name above all names. He's Savior of the world. He's 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 always right. His word is eternal. He's our comfort, our strength, our rock, our deliverer, our shield. Our protector, our provider, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, his mercies are new every morning, his faithfulness never fails, his love endures forever, his his promises never fail. He is all knowing, all powerful, all-present. He is above all rulers and authorities and and powers in this world. He will never leave you, he'll never forsake you, he'll never overlook you when you fall, he'll pick you up, when you stumble, he'll steady you, when you fail, he'll forgive you when you're weak. He will be strong for you. He will steady you. When you're hurt, He will mend you. He will fix you. And, and He's everything good and perfect and pure. Yes? And that is our, our daddy. That is our father. And you know, I could go on and on. Right? And that, my friends, is, is who we belong to. That's our heavenly father. And I believe that as we go through life and as we face um, different circumstances, different situations, that we constantly need to take a look at our God, not ourselves, our God, and rem- remember who He is and that we belong to Him and then we ask ourselves, who's your daddy? And that, that is who He is. And so as we talk about relationships um, the next few weeks, I can tell you that the most important relationship in your life is the relationship you have with your Heavenly Father. It's the relationship you have with the King of Kings, with the Creator of the universe, with the one who died on a cross for your sins. You know, if you've watched Lord of the Rings, there's this one ring to rule them all, right? And I believe that your relationship with the Heavenly Father, with your Daddy God, is the one relationship to rule them all. Your relationship with God will affect all other relationships in your life. And so I want to talk about God the Father today. And you know, the Bible gives us a beautiful picture of what God the Father is like in the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15. Those of you who went to Batam, I know you have heard this two weeks ago. But it's, it's a beautiful story. I will never get sick of talking about this story because it's, it's a brilliant story. I, I think it's one of the best stories in the Bible. Is this loser son, I mean, he's a complete loser. Right, he insulted the father by asking for his inheritance. He squandered all the money. Can you imagine, like in just a, a short period of time, you squander your entire inheritance away? You embarrass, you disgrace the family by leaving. Um, he left home, and where did he end up? He ended up with pigs. Pigs to Jewish people are like the ultimate disgusting, dirty, shameful thing. Right? He ended up with pigs, and and he wasn't just with pigs. He ended up envying. What the pigs were eating. He's like, Oh, I wish I could eat what that pig was eating. It was the ultimate, like rock bottom, ultimate failure, loser. He was a complete failure. Just like every one of us. And if you look in the Bible at Luke 15:20, it's just it's a simple verse, right? But it's I feel that this is one of the most beautiful pictures in the Bible. It says. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. That means this son had completely, you know, been rude. He had asked for his inheritance. He had insulted the father. And yet, all this while, the father was looking out for him. And while he was a long way off, the father saw him. The father had never forgotten him. All this time, the father was looking out. And the father was longing for the son to come back home. And then he saw the son, and his father was... Filled with compassion, not anger, not irritation, not disappointment, but love and compassion. It's like it's like you know, your your failure son comes back and all you feel is compassion. And he ran. He ran to his son. Just imagine this old dude with the, the robes, right? Running, running to his son. And it was a long way off, right? So he ran a long way um, to his son because he just wanted to get to his beloved son as soon as possible. And then, I mean, like, real men don't do this, right? Threw his arms around him and kissed him. (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) Isn't that weird? But there's so much affection, so much love. There's no irritation. There's no disappointment. There's no, like, "Hey, son, why are you like that? It's just love, compassion, Affection. And then if you look at the next verse, uh, next few verses, verse 22, he says, quick, he tells the servants, quick, there's an, there an urgency, just like the way he ran, and he's, he's so excited that his son is back. He says, quick, and the acceptance, the forgiveness is immediate. Immediate acceptance, immediate forgiveness. There's no awkward apology stage, or like, you know sometimes when you apologize to people, you're like, okay, you're good, but then it's like awkward for a while. There's none of that awkwardness. The father is like, Oh quick, bring the best rope. Give him a ring, give him sandals. He gives his smell I'm pretty sure the boy was smelly, right? Because he was with the pigs. He gives his smelly, dirty boy like a makeover. Nice clothes and ring and shoes and all that. And then he says, Let's throw a party. Not like, okay, let's let's have a little meal since the sun. It's like an extravagant abundant party with the fattened calf and, and there's feasting and celebration and music and dancing, the father is like, woohoo, it's party time. It hit the dance floor. My son is back. That's, that's his reaction when this loser's son comes back. That's his reaction to the prodigal returning. You know, the son had a great plan. Okay, I'll go back and I'll just offer to be a servant because I bet my father will be too angry with me. But the son... Didn't even get to offer to work as a servant. All he did was come back and repent. And the father went to him. There was no scolding, no anger, no disappointment. Just love, compassion, affection. And I believe that sometimes our idea of God is like he's this great big policeman in the sky and he's watching over to make sure that everybody's behaving. He's watching out for every mistake that you make and he's kind of disapproving or he's like constantly frustrated or angry or disappointed with us. But look at this story that Jesus told. This is the kind of father that God is towards people like us who have wasted his grace, wasted um our lives. We have turned away from him. We thought only of ourselves and at the end of it, we have nothing to show. And yet, this is the reaction of the father. And All the son did was return. You know, he told his dad in verse 21, Father, I have sinned. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. As if sonship was ever about worthiness. As if sonship was ever about worthiness. And if you read about the older son, the older son said the same thing, "I slaved for you all these years. I obeyed you. I proved my worth as if sonship had anything to do with worthiness. You know, everything I do for my two daughters, I don't do it because they're worthy, or they've proved themselves. they've done nothing to prove themselves. In fact, they're quite naughty sometimes. But I do it simply because they are my daughters. And none of us will actually ever be worthy enough to be God's sons and daughters. But that's the whole point, that he loves us simply because we are his children. And that is the gospel, that is the good news, that God, our Father, loves us, no matter how far we've gone, no matter how low we've sunk, no matter how many times we've fallen or failed him, no matter how many um, mistakes we've made, how deep the mistakes of failure uh, uh, is, how loserish we are, the Father loves us. And let's look at Galatians 4 again. This is what it means when we are his sons and daughters. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba Father. Now he's our Abba Father. And so you are no longer a slave. That's what the song was about. But God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So you're not... A slave. You're no longer a slave. We just sang it. But not just that. You are a child of God and you are an heir. That means you have an inheritance. You have stuff that you inherit from the Father. Look at another verse in Romans. Romans 8. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Again in that song, right? But you received the spirit of sonship. Sonship. And by him we cry. There it is again. Abba, Father, Daddy God. The Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Same position. Son of God, we are co-heirs with Christ. And so we are not slaves. We are children of God. We are heirs of God. We have status, we have position, we have inheritance, not because of who we are or anything we've done, but simply because of who our daddy is. And you know what? Nothing can take this away. You can never deny relationship with your father. Right? You, can, you can rebel, you can leave home, you can cut yourself off legally, or you can change your name, you can be adopted or whatever, but you can never deny the biological relationship, the blood tie that you have with your father. It will always be there because you literally came from your father. You know, just now the song says, your blood flows through my veins, right? And this is, literally, you have your father's blood in you. And in the same way, we have God, the Holy Spirit, living in us. Nothing can change this relationship you have with the Father. And you know, if God, our Father, is the King of Kings, and you are His child, what does that make you? If He's the King, your Father's the King, what does that make you? Out of my way, Prince George, do you know who my Father is? If God is the king of kings, king of the jungle, king of the seas, king of the universe, right? That makes us, obviously, princes and princesses, right? Why do you think we have princess protection program? It's not some lame Disney thing, okay? But the princess, the guys, you don't need to uh, do your own thing, okay? Go play football or something, because I'm sure you don't want the tiaras. And girls, you're not princesses because you have found your prince charming, like in Disney movies. Of course, I found my prince charming. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, you, you are princesses not because like Disney tells you you are, but because your father is the king. And so, my friends, my point in telling you all this about my father, about our Father God, is this: I want to plead with you. Don't ever let the devil blind you about the truth of your status, your position, your identity, and your inheritance. You have to, because you can, walk in the full authority of your Father God. And when the devil messes with you, you got to tell him, "Do you know who my Father is?" Because it really breaks my heart when I I see people saying things like this. Okay, and I, I see I see this kind of things all all over social media. There is nothing in love about me. I'm just a speck of dust. I'm a lost cause. I, if I died tonight, no one would notice. I'm too fat. I'm ugly. I don't deserve love. Nobody likes my pictures. I don't deserve to live. I just want to die. I'm a failure. I hate myself. And is this God's truth? Or is it the devil's lies? You know, I have I have many many young people on. Uh, on my social media because you guys know <laughs> And also like my ex-students um, and, and I see people posting stuff like this and, and I see some of you guys posting stuff like this And, and it's heartbreaking to know that, that people feel this way And some people even end up harming themselves um, They cut themselves or they starve themselves Because they believe, they believe all this And, and it breaks my heart because Yes, I know life sucks in many ways But the cross has overcome. The cross has conquered all pain and suffering and sin and shame and weakness. You were bought at a price. You were loved and important enough for Jesus to die for you on the cross. And I wish that people would see themselves the way God sees you. The way the all-loving Father looks at you. Because it's the way the Father looked at the prodigal son. He didn't see the son's spelliness or grossness after hanging out with the pigs. He didn't care that his son had been a failure. He didn't see his son and think like, oh, this bugger who wasted all my money. He didn't care that the son betrayed him, insulted him. He just saw the son. This is my son. He's back. And he ran and he hugged him and he kissed him. He clothed him and he fed him. He celebrated his presence. And that's what God the Father is like. He's not bothered by your successes or failures, by the mistakes that you've made, whether you're fat or skinny. He doesn't care how many friends you have or what your exam results are or even how much you serve him or how many friends you bring to church, how many verses you've memorized. His love for you is not dependent on any variable factor. It doesn't change because all he sees when he looks at you is his beloved child. And he doesn't look at you with disappointment or disgust or or anger. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. And it is Satan, the accuser, the father of lies, who wants you to believe the lies that you are unworthy and lousy and unlovable and a failure. Because if the devil can convince you of these lies, then you will forget who your father is. You will forget that you have status and and position and inheritance from the father and the relationship between you and the father will be broken. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. And the way you believe how God looks at you will affect the way you see yourself. And it will affect all relationships you have with other people. Because if you really understand how much the creator of the universe, the ruler over all creation, the Almighty and the Most High, if you really understand how much He loves you, then you won't see yourself in the negative way. You need to see yourself the way the Father sees you. I want to show you something. Okay, look at this. What's this? Mm. Okay, so this is a $50 note, right? Does anybody want it? Oh, just only a few people. Okay, so um, so who, who, how many people want this note right now? Come on, don't, don't lie, okay? We're in church, don't lie. Okay, okay, so a few people want it. Okay, now, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fold it um, into many, many pieces. But Okay, now it's folded like this, okay? Who still wants it? Oh, really? I'm going to cough in it. <coughs> okay, I just, I just coughed and, and uh, put some of my germs on it. Like, Who still wants it? Really? I'm going to stomp on it right now. I stepped on it. Woo! Okay. <laughs> Who who still wants it? Are you sure? Okay, right now I'm going to write. No, actually, I don't have a pen. But imagine if I wrote, like, Joanne Rocks on it. Would you still want it? Really? What if I made a little tear on it? It's it's a bit hard to tear. Would you still want it? Like, it looks like crap now. Right? It it looked quite nice just now. But, like, what if I crush it up? Like, do you still want it? Really? Really? You still want it? Why do you still want it after all this crap that I do to it? It doesn't... Oh, brilliant! <laughs> it doesn't lose its value. Very good. What if, um, you know, whatever I do to it, I mean, of course, unless I burn it or whatever, right? There is, there is inherent value in it. right? When I first showed it to you, it, it looked quite nice, right? But now it looks like crap, right? Right? Um, but there is inherent value in it. And it's not about the external stuff that has been done to it, right? So even if I spill water on it, or if I spill some coffee on it, um, or if I fold it a lot, its value doesn't change. It's still worth $50, right? It doesn't, it doesn't change because like now it looks like this. It, it, it's not like, oh, now it's only worth $40, right? It doesn't change. Its value is fixed because the chairman of the Monetary Authority of Singapore says so. It doesn't change. And, and if you think about it, it's, it's just a piece of paper. Right? It's, it's just a piece of paper. But because the chairman of the Monetary Authority of Singapore, right, um, on the authority of the government of Singapore, says that its value is $50, its value is therefore $50. Right? No matter what you do to it, um, its value is still $50. And that's why you all still want it. But I can't have it Okay, I'm just going keep it here And, you know, sometimes We don't know who we are Because we are too concerned about the exterior Rather than the interior But it's ridiculous, right? Because if you go to Huanam and buy lunch And you give the auntie, the auntie a $5 note That you folded into four And you, uh, whatever, like you farted on it Or whatever, you dropped it into the drain or whatever And you give, it, if, give that crappy note to her And she says, no, cannot Um I mean I mean she won 't right she 'll just take it. I mean, she might be a bit annoyed, but uh, you would still get your meal because a dirty, smelly piece of my uh, a note is still worth five dollars or fifty dollars or whatever, and in the same way your your value, your position, your significance, and your identity is tied to things that don't change. you can 't change your father, his blood flows through your veins, right. Who you are tied to is, is uh, you, who you are is tied irreversibly to who you belong to. You cannot change the fact that God is your creator, that God is your father. You cannot change the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins to give you eternal life because it's done. It's finished. You can't change it. And if you think your value or your self-worth is tied to things like how heavy you weigh on the scale or how many A's you get for your O-levels or how fast you run your 2.4 or how many followers you have on Instagram, then you're wrong because it's not about what you can do or what you are like, but completely about what Jesus has done for you. And you know, my friends, this is not some... um, feel good, self-help, kind of pep talk, just to tell you, like, you know, oh, haters gonna hate, just believe in yourself, yo, and, you know, you're good, and you're strong, and, 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 and all that. Because at the bottom of it all, we, we are really actually uh, all losers, like the prodigal son, right? We're all losers. Search your heart, you know it's true. But here's the thing, okay, here's the thing, as these three wise men put it. You are more sinful than you know, but you're more loved than you imagine. You must come to see how wonderful you are in God and how helpless you are in yourself. In myself, I have nothing. But in Christ, I have everything. And so you need to stop focusing on yourself, your problems, your struggles, your failures, and instead focus on who's your daddy. Because when you know who your daddy is, then you know who you are. And today I want to share with you three truths. We talked about truth and lies, right? Three truths from the Bible about who you are based on your relationship with our Abba Father. You know, remember we we started today, we said we want to look at God's truths so as to uncover Satan's lies. And as followers of Christ, the Bible has to be our definitive authority. And so our ideas and perspectives and beliefs about who we are even must come from the Bible, and we must believe it and obey it 100%. And so here is the first truth that you must believe. The first truth is that you are made by God. He's your creator, right? In Ephesians 2, it says, We are God's workmanship, His handiwork, His masterpiece. Some versions even say a work of art, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are God's masterpiece. Your work of art, the Bible says so. This is not some feel good pep talk. The Bible says so. You know, I like to shop online and sometimes I see strange things like this. Look at this. This is a t shirt, right? It's a plain white cotton t shirt, right? There's nothing special about it, it's just it's a plain shirt, right? It's not unique, it's nothing great. You can probably buy something like this any, anywhere, right? How much do you think this, this t-shirt costs? What, 50? It's a plain white t-shirt 10, 20, okay um, So I, I saw this t-shirt and I realized that it costs 120 US dollars What in the world? That's like 170 sing Okay, what, like what? Is it made of white gold thread or what? Um, no, no, it's just it's just cotton, right? I mean, is it some like avant-garde design? That no, I mean, like the fishball uncle wears it, right? Uh, I, I mean, wh- do you, why? Why does it cost such a ridiculous amount? Do you know why? Because it is designed by Kanye West. It's like Kanye West T-shirt, um, and and because Kanye is the designer. Fishball uncle's shirt, he the, the everyday tee that he wears to, to sell the fishball becomes $120 hip hop t-shirt. Right? Why is that so? It's because the designer's name adds value to an ordinary thing. It's like how a plain ordinary, you know, bag or like T-shirt or whatever, um, it's just plain, but suddenly it becomes worth hundreds of dollars because there is Calvin Klein on it, something like that, right? Right? It's just like that, that name makes a big difference, the designer's name makes it a, big, a, a big difference. Now, if I wrote like, Joanne Chow on your bag, you will be like, hey, where are you on my bag, Right? But if it was like Mark Jacobs on your back, you would be like, oh yeah, I just increased the value by like 20%, 200%, something like that, right? Do you know who your designer is? Do you know who your creator is? Do you know, therefore, the value that you have because of who your designer is? One of my favorite psalms is Psalms 139. It's beautiful. You should read the whole psalm, but but today I want to show you... um, Verses 13 and 14, especially. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden for you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece because you are made by God. You are a work of art because you are a work of God and God's works are wonderful. And, and you know, I love the psalmist's confidence. He's like, I know that full well. Right? There's like some spiritual swag going on there. Like, girl, I know I'm wonderful. I know that full well. Right? Because God made me. That's right. <laughs> you should look in the mirror and say that. You should look in the mirror and say that God made me. God, you made this and your work is wonderful. I know that full well. Say that every morning, okay? When you look in the mirror. It doesn't matter if you have your hair sticking on, you know, right? Because that's the truth of the Bible. That's the truth of the Bible. That's where your identity and your confidence and your security lies because the perfect and all-powerful King of Kings is your creator. He's your designer. He's your daddy. He's, he's your God. And you are wonderful because you are made by God and God makes wonderful things. So you need to know that full well. You need to know that you were made by God. Truth number one. Truth number two, you were made like God. So you were made by God and you were made like God. And this, this comes Right at the beginning of creation in Genesis 1, it says, um, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. We bear the image of God, we reflect him, we look like him. But of course, right, because he's our father. How many of you look like your father? We often, yeah, yeah, just be proud of it, man. You know, we often bear the image of our father. I mean, look at this. Is this Matthew or is this Elder Paul 20 years ago? Right? We bear the image of our father. I mean, look at this. This is Chris, like, completely bearing the image of his father, right? It's like, what? Totally the same. And of course, this. Oh, image of your father. You bear the image of your father. And our father is God and we bear his image. And I believe that the reason why some people struggle with things like self-harm or eating disorders or confusion over their sexuality is because the devil wants to destroy and torture the divine likeness, the divine image that humans bear. The devil can't stand it that we reflect the image of our perfect father, and therefore he attacks our self image. He lies to us about our self and our image and what we are like, what we look like. But you can't change the fact that we are made in God's image. Don't let the devil deceive you about that. Whatever the devil or the world throws at you, the Lamb has overcome. Jesus has won the victory at the cross. We are created in the image of the Father. We are made in the image of God. You need to remember this truth, especially next time you feel bad about yourself, about the way you look or whatever. You are made by God. You are made like God. And finally, you are made for God. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by Him, and for him. We are created by him and for him. You know, a lot of people always struggle with um, these two questions. Number one, who am I? Number two, why am I here? Right? Like, what's, what's the meaning of my life? And I've shared with you that if you want to know who you are, you've got to know first who your father is. Who your daddy God is. Right? And if you want to know the meaning of your life, why you exist, you exist for the father. You exist for God. This is what Rick Warren says. He's the guy who wrote um, Purpose Driven Life. You were made by God and for God and until you understand that, life will never make sense. Our Father created us for a purpose. In the same way that when you you look at yourself, um, you you cannot see your own worth if all you look at is yourself. In the same way, if you only look at yourself, focusing on yourself will never reveal your purpose. You have to look to The Father, the Creator, the One who made you. And only in God do we discover our origin, our identity, our significance, our purpose, our destiny. We we were made for God. We live for Him. The reason we are here on earth is to give glory to Him and reflect His glory. Just like we are made in His image um, and we reflect His image, we reflect His glory. It's like the moon reflecting the glory of the sun, right? The moon has no glory of its own. It only reflects light from the sun. We have no glory on our own, but we exist to reflect the glory of God. And the key purpose of our lives is just to bring Him glory. And I believe that if we can understand this and believe this and grasp this and live according to this purpose, then life will make a lot more sense. There will be a lot more clarity and meaning in your life. Because God has a good and amazing and wonderful plan for your life. But it's not about you. Unfortunately, it's not about you. And I believe that one of the root causes to many of our struggles in life is that we are obsessed with ourselves. Why me? I don't feel good. I I, I am a failure. And, and people don't care about me or how I feel. Nobody understands me. I am lousy, I can't do It's all about me. And I believe the key, the answer to a lot of our struggles, and, and I really don't mean this in a in a very simplistic, blanket statement, naive kind of way, but I really believe that the answer is to take our eyes off ourselves and fix our eyes on God because He's our Father and He's our Creator. right? You want to know the purpose of something? You ask the Creator, the person who created it. He's our saviour. He's our Lord. So, get over yourself. Get over your struggles and even your successes because it's not about you. We were made for Him. We are made by God. We are made like God. And we are made for God. And the most important relationship in your life is really the one that you have in God. And, And that's why I wanted to start this series off simply by focusing on God on on our good and our perfect father. And what I hope you catch today is number 1, the love of the father. What I hope you catch today is number 2, the status, the position, the identity, the inheritance that we have in him. That our value and our security is found in him. Our purpose is found in him. And the father loves you so much. Not because of anything you do, but simply because you are his child. He loves you so much that he would run to you even when you betray him, you fail him, you are weak. He loves you still because he created you. God created you. Jesus died for you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You know the hashtag relationship goals? I believe that this is true relationship goals. First John 4.10 This is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son it's an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Romans five eight. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is the entire message of the gospel. That God sent his son to die for us while we were unworthy and unlovable and all that, simply because we are his children. You know, some of us here, we have grown up in Sunday school or maybe we've been Christians for a while. And and we've probably sung the Jesus loves me, this I know song uh, many times, right? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And today I want to ask you, do you really believe that 100%? That Jesus loves you because the Bible tells you so? Have you experienced this truth and this love in the deepest core of your your being and deepest depths of your heart? And does it continually blow you away that the God of the universe is your Father and He loves you? Or, or is it just become a, yeah, yeah, I know. I know that. Jesus loved me. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't believe this truth and you don't believe that you, ha- you are unconditionally loved by our good, compassionate, affectionate Father, if you cannot see yourself the way God sees you, then a lot of your relationships will be problematic. Because we project our insecurities and our our struggles onto our relationships. And if you cannot receive love from the perfect one, the perfect father, the perfect friend, the perfect God, then it will be very difficult for you to receive love and enjoy healthy relationships with anyone else. And I know maybe some of you have been hurt in relationships before. Maybe we've been hurt by our friends or our parents or our, our siblings or other people. Or we may feel that that we lack love from certain people. Maybe we feel even we lack love from many people. We need to allow our Father God's unconditional and all-surpassing love heal those wounds, fill the emptiness in our hearts. If not, we will always have problems with relationships. We need to know that His exceeding, abundant love for us is wider and longer and higher and deeper than anything else. It surpasses knowledge. And we need to know that His love is more than enough for us. And it's the only love that we need because it's the only love that can completely satisfy. It is perfect love from a perfect Father. And we need to see ourselves as loved. We need to know that we are loved. And no one else's love or approval really matters because we are completely loved and permanently approved by the Father. And if we don't understand this, then we will always have problems in our relationships. We will either desperately crave love all the time or we will illogically reject love. We will have problems receiving and showing love. And that is why the most important relationship we have is really the one with our Father God. It's the one relationship that rules them all. And so let's get this relationship right before we talk about any other relationship in our series. And today I want to open up the altar to, for you to just encounter God and focus on the most important relationship in your life. I want to open up the altar for you to come to the Father Return to Daddy God. The Father who will run to us and hug us and kiss us and, and give us new robes and a huge feast if we just return. I want, you, I want to invite you to come and, and, and receive the lavish enthusiasm, the over-enthusiasm of a Father of His love that is almost too good to be true. Why would you love this loser? Today I want to invite you to remember who your Daddy is who your Father is. And come and experience the embrace of our perfect Father. So come to Jesus. Let's remember the cross where Jesus demonstrated his love for us. He was pierced and crushed for us. He endured the shame and the pain of the cross for us. He died for us. And that's why we live for him. So come to the cross of Christ where all our pain and shame and guilt and suffering is And weaknesses are taken away. Where you can lay your burdens, surrender your problems. Whatever it is that you're facing or struggling with, the power of the cross is greater. The same power that conquered the grave lives in you today. So come to Jesus because in ourselves, we have nothing. But in Christ, we have everything. And I really want every one of us here to just focus on our relationship with God today. Let's just rise today I want us to just have a fresh encounter with Him and with the Father's love. And that's why I, I, I don't need the worship team up. I just got Jess. I don't care if you're serving on a worship team. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 20 years. I don't need, I don't need any of us to think about who I'm going to minister to today, who I'm going to pray for. I just want each of us to encounter our Father, our Creator, our Savior, Just get your relationship with the Father right and everything else will make sense. So I'm going to open up the altar and you just come whenever you want to and respond to the Father. It's between you and Him, right? It's, It's really, it's your relationship with Him. Nobody else shares their relationship. It's just between you and the Father. So come and respond to Him today. but I want to encourage you really to, to engage with the Father and to encounter today His love there will never be any relationship that will be like the one you have with your Father
1: Is who I am it's who I am. I and mean, if not like just praying in English is fine but let's just start engaging you know I feel that there's something that God wants to release to us today more than just a great service or great worship or whatever like I'm more interested to encounter the heart of God You were never alone You were never alone
0: we thank you that you are our good, good Father. That God, you love us so much. That God, we are made by you and in your image and for you. And so God, I pray that the truth of your love, the truth of our identity in you will be burned into our hearts today. I pray that God, you constantly remind us of who you are as a good father, of who you are as a loving father, and that, Father, our security and our purpose will all come from there. So, God, as we um, embark on this relationship series, I pray that, Father, you show us really the truth of your word and you keep us rooted in your presence, God. So, Father, bless us as we go into a new week. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.
1: All right, I'll see you next week. I'll give you some dating advice.